Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today, I'm just doing a little life update and a kind of uh, evaluation of what it's been like to live tiny, go tiny, and uh, live outside of the city. It's been nine months. I cannot believe it's already been nine months since I moved. Um, I downsized uh, when I was living in LA. I was in a functionally two-bedroom house, but literally a three-bedroom house in Los Angeles that was entirely furnished, and I got rid of 85% of my stuff and moved up to my mom's neighborhood uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. More specifically, I live on the Olympic Peninsula of Washington State, really close to Canada, uh, and so fortunate, basically. This neighborhood has everything I might need. It is full of women and lesbians and um, private forest land I get to walk on every day. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen my dancing in the forest videos. I literally, I do that every day. Dancing in the forest is part of my self-care practice. And um, it is just tremendous. I feel um, so much peace getting to walk in the forest every day. Um, I feel so centered. Um, and the first place I moved into was a sublet. It was a little tiny fairy cottage. Um, I called it a fairy cottage. That's not technically what it is, I guess. But um, I had this beautiful garden, and it was a really great place to land um, and kind of figure myself out. And then I quickly realized, like, within a month of being here, I knew I didn't want to leave the neighborhood. Originally, I was moving up here to maybe, like, move into town. Uh, the nearest town is Port Townsend, Washington, which is this old shipping. It's one of the oldest towns in Washington. It's really beautiful. Uh, but I just was kind of like, no, I love living near my mom, like, walking distance. I get to pop in and say hi, like, five, ten minutes sometimes. Sometimes we hang out for a while. Like, um, I get to go over for dinner a lot. And it's just easier, frankly, to just be so close to my mom and Pat. Um, also, like, I'll say part of that is emergency stuff. Like, I felt very vulnerable when I lived alone um, in Los Angeles and uh, not having a partner anymore, just, like, not having that interdependence. Um, and I was just like, being a single adult is a scam. <laughs> I want to go be more interdependent with family. I did not realize that meant, oh, I'm going to move near my mom. But I actually really love it. My mom is rad and um, super supportive. And she wanted me to be able to stay here year-round. And since this is, uh, it is just beautiful. The summers here are splendid. I'm glad I moved here in the winter because I loved it in the winter. Um, but, like, the summers are really, like, a lot of people just live here in the summer, which is why, like, my landlady moved back into her house. Uh, so uh, there really aren't tiny houses for rent year-round in this neighborhood. But there are some empty lots that people put RVs on. And so my mom offered to buy a trailer for me to live in. So I now live in a 26-foot travel trailer um, on a lot uh, on the opposite side of the neighborhood. So um, I live really close to uh, the highway, and I lived further from the highway on the opposite end of the neighborhood um, in a more quiet spot before. Um, and so now where I'm at, I actually see the view of... Uh, the water from because like there's a view from some of the lots and not all of them I actually don't have a view from where I live but I can walk like three feet in either direction and see the water so I see it every single day and I'll tell you just in the last two months living up here in the trailer I have felt an, a, an uplift in my vibe getting to see that water every day I had no idea what um, a body of water could do for my spirits but it really has made a difference um and also just being in the forest, too, uh, what that's done for my spirits. It's been 
so calming and soothing. When I lived in New York City, which I lived in New York City for 11 years. I lived in Philadelphia for four before that. I was 15 years on the East Coast entirely. Um, and I lived in LA for about three and a half years. And honestly, like, just being in New York, I knew if I want if I wanted to even have a chance of developing my psychic intuition or anything like that, I knew I needed to get away from all that people energy. And I kind of knew it was a drain on me, but I didn't even know how much until I lived in LA. And LA is a city still, but it has a ton of nature in it. And uh, one of the things, like one of my favorite things about my old house um, was the view of the forest. Like the Angeles National Forest was view a view from one side of my house. And I loved just getting to even see the forest from where I was. But I just didn't know how good it could be living where I could walk in a forest. You know what I mean? Like, And it feels so like safe because it's private. And, um, you know, I can smoke cannabis and I feel totally fine walking alone in the woods. Um, and that's just like something I've never had access to before. And truly, um, I just revel in the opulence of getting to do that. Um, I didn't know quarantine was coming, but certainly it has been a big part of my self care. Um, going out for those nature walks every day. And like, I don't, I feel cooped up on a macro level. Like, you know, when I, when I zoom out and like think about my life and how much I love to travel, I do feel cooped up by not being able to travel. But I also like recognize the, the gift it is to have a place that I live in um, that is a vacation. You know, like I live in a literal resort community. Like it was originally intended for vacations. People didn't start living here full time um, until a few years ago. So like it's it's amazing. It's just truly amazing. And I just I'm so grateful also for the novelty of where I live. And so um, I don't feel stir crazy or like I need to travel. Um, I feel like I'm still like you know every wildflower, <laughs> every new wildflower I see, every new plant that blooms. Um, is just like a revelation and a joy for me. So I'm really just trying to be in that spirit and not like focus on like what I'm missing by not traveling in the quarantine. Um, and so like, you know, I've talked at length about how much I love like this little neighborhood that I live in. Um, but living tiny has been, um, actually way more of a blessing than it was a challenge. Getting rid of my stuff, I'll tell you this, was like um, kind of heart-wrenching and kind of not. Like just the process of having to do it reminded me like why do I even have all this stuff? Um, most of the time when I've done a good declutter, I don't tend to acquire a bunch of stuff right away. Uh, and if I have a little self-discipline, which I'm working on now, like I barely buy anything unless I truly, truly need it. Um, but I really contemplate it. Moving from the house that I was in into the travel trailer was a big challenge uh, because it was kind of like putting, like I kept saying it was like fitting an eight pound sausage into a five pound casing. Like I just have way less space in this, uh, in this configuration. Uh, so I had to get really, I just had to keep paring things down. Does this belong here? Does this not belong here? Luckily I have a shed. So I do have a space where like, you know, my overflow clothes are like my big, I have some coats here, but I have uh, my bulky coats in um, in the shed available. I mean, it's still chilly here. Like I sometimes wear my puffy coat into the woods because it gets cold at night um, and it can still get down to the 40s at night. Um, and the high is typically in the 60s or 70s um, and it has hit 80 a couple of days, but the sun is really bright and intense. So uh, during the summertime, so it's still, I still really work hard to avoid the sun as much as possible. I've already been sunburnt twice, which is, I think, rookie mistake for me. <laughs> I've lived a long time with this, this fair skin. I know, I know what I need in the sun and I know how to make better decisions. Um, I, uh, so moving into the travel trailer had some learning curves. 
um, that I wanted to mention specific to RV life. So I don't own a vehicle that can pull my travel trailer. Um, so I'm really landlocked and I like to call it kind of a land boat. It feels like living in a boat, especially when the wind blows or there's rain. Um, it's very much boat like. So I, I've called it, I've named my house the Lavender Queen, uh, which is, I think, a good boat name. Uh, lavender is a, a very regional plant up here on the Olympic Peninsula. So I thought, and you know, it's gay. So I wanted to, <laughs> to just like honor all of that. I, um, so RV life, uh, managing a black water tank, which is, uh, the euphemism for your poop. Your poop goes into a container once you flush it. Um, and then you have to, to empty it. Um, I am like permanent, like quote unquote permanently connected to a sewer, sewer pipe, um, that, so I can like. I could, you could, right? One could leave the tank open and just let things flow out. But the problem with that is you create a solid mountain of poop in the thing. So you don't want to do it like that. You want to gather your waste and uh, release it all at once. Um, and something I did not know until it was smelly in my house uh, is that your blackwater holding tank wants to have a little, a little, little chemical in there. Um, I bought these like all natural things that um, I don't know what they're made of, but it's quote unquote all natural. Um, and it doesn't seem too chemically and it's a company owned by an outdoorsy family. So I felt good about that purchase. Um, but basically like you just put this little packet in there with a gallon of water after you empty your tank and emptying a tank literally involves like pulling a little like lever out. Uh, so you open the drain, it all kind of flows through the pipe. And then the hack is to then empty your gray water tank, um, so that it like clears the, the pipes out. Gray water is like water from the shower, water from the sink. Um, and so that's kind of, those are tricks that people told me. They did not tell me about the chemicals in your, um, in your black water tank. I learned that the hard way. Um, but you know, I, everything I encounter, it's just a Google away. Um, I did have a lot of chaos when I first moved in cause I couldn't get the internet for six weeks, which was, I, I talked about this in a previous solo episode. It was wild. I will never take for granted having internet at home ever again. And I now have internet at home, which I'm super grateful for. And I work all the time. Um, something I had to learn how to do was light the oven because RV ovens are very specific. Um, I had to learn like how to find, uh, the, I accidentally tripped a circuit breaker. I had to learn how to find that. I, I looked everywhere and then I had to ask a friend and then she Googled and was like, look under your fridge. And then there it was, a little panel. I wouldn't have ever thought. It looked like a little vent, but it's actually a circuit breaker panel. Um, also, I have had to figure out, like, I mean, literally I live in essentially a car. I don't know what the walls are made of, but they're not real walls. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it is, I like to say I don't live like camping. I literally live camping. Like, it's kind of like tent walls. So there's not a lot of privacy. There's not a lot of noise prevention. I have to get a white noise maker things so that I can have more private therapy sessions. Um, so my neighbors don't hear all of my therapy. Um, and also there's a lot of critters around here and I heard them like skittling around my trailer and, uh, again, asked my RVing friends. There's a lot of people who live in RVs full time here. So I have a lot of resources, um, to help me, but, uh, they gave me this stuff called, um, I don't know. It's like something cab rodent cab or something like that. But basically it's like a sachet of smelly stuff that smells like pine. Uh, and you put it, it's like a tea bag and you just put it in your con compartments and, um, it prevents mice, which actually it's worked wonders. I hear no skittering ever since I put them just, I literally just put them in the storage areas, uh, on either side 
of uh, my rig. They call it a rig. Uh, and it's worked great. So that's been awesome. And then also, trailers make a lot of noise. Like, I notice even my neighbors uh, have a Winnebago. And just, like, the process of it heating up throughout the day and then cooling down, um, the, it just, like, there's all these cracks and pops, and I'm, I'm an easily startled person. So I've had to really get used to those noises that my actual house makes. It's kind of like a house settling, but louder um, and way more frequent. It's super weird. Um, and also I had to learn how to get my house not crooked. Uh, the person who delivered it um, didn't set it up so that it wouldn't be crooked. And it's actually, you actually have to hitch it up to something, pull it forward, and then put it onto, like, bricks or blocks um, to, like, kind of, you kind of have to compensate because there's these things called slides, which are, like, basically if you were pulling it, you would have the slides in. And then when you're living in it, you pull the slides out to give you more space. But the slides tip it over to the side, and you have to compensate for that with um, pieces of wood or pavers underneath your wheels. I have learned so much. Um, I asked my uh, Instagram stories folks if they had any questions about living tiny or leaving the city, and these are some really good ones. So um, someone asked any organizational tips for living tiny. Um, I, I had to fight my inner perfectionist every step of the way because she wants everything to just be perfect on the first try. I understand as a rational human being that that's not possible. So I had to just tell myself again and again, the mantra is I can always like, this doesn't have to be a permanent choice, right? Like every time I put something away, cause I would just agonize, like, I don't know where this goes, like blah, blah, blah. And I, it takes me a long time to unpack for those reasons, like unpack when I move in someplace. But this is honestly the first house I've lived in where I actually unpacked everything. Um, I've always lived with at least a couple boxes I didn't get around to unpacking. So since I live small, it has made it easier. And honestly, organization kind of happens over time. So I put things away and then I like go through and like reorganize the, the cupboard or whatever. And then I reorganize it again. And like, I realize, oh, maybe like it, it would be easier if this was here or this was there. Right. Like, so not expecting everything to be organized all at once and just letting it happen bit by bit and re continuously refining. Cause the, once you decide to go tiny, then every decision kind of happens around that. And um, if, you, if you're going tiny because you want to have a portable life, that's a lot tinier than someone like me where, like, I just wanted to live tiny uh, so that I could have an easier life and drastically reduce my expenses so that I could do what was on my heart to do, which is, like, fat kid dance party aerobics. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, building my business, basically. So I, I really intentionally, like shrunk my life so I could afford my life. Um, right now, my biggest expense, um, more than rent, is uh, my credit card interest from trying to stay in LA for the six months that I stayed there. So <laughs> um, I haven't even paid, touched the debt. I'm just still trying to stay on top of the interest. So anyway, um, but I think also organizational tips for living tiny. My mom has said this, but like getting anything, everything has to have a dual purpose. I don't believe in that. I think you just have to get really clear about what your priorities are. I have a KitchenAid mixer on my counter because I like having a KitchenAid mixer and being a cook is very important to me. So that 
warrants counter space. I also have an instant pot on my counter because I use it like three, four times a week. Um, I also, in addition to my instant pot, I still have my crock pot because my crock pot has different functions than my, it's, it's also a nice crock pot, um, but it has different functions than my instant pot. So I have it uh, when I need it and I can pull it out and use it. So, but I'm also recognizing if I haven't used something in a while, I probably am not going to use it. So I'm getting more ruthless and better at making those choices with practice. It's really organization just takes practice. I um, have a Virgo rising, so I'm the kind of person who I think everyone thinks is organized, and I like organization, but I actually really struggle to organize. So um, it's actually very, very helpful for me when someone else does the organizing and just tells me where everything goes, because I'm really good at putting things away. So something that's been really helpful and lovely about Living Tiny is it's so easy to keep it clean because... I, I just try to touch everything once and everything, like, it's not like when I was in my, my giant house in LA, like if I wanted to put something away that was downstairs, it would go in a basket that would eventually go downstairs, sit in a pile and then eventually get put away. Maybe. Um, but like here, it's not too far to walk to the bedroom to put something away. And it's not too far for me to walk out to the shed to put something away if I need to. So it really does help me stay on top of things and have more order. And it's honestly really good for my mental health to have an environment that is orderly. Um, let's see. Someone asked, uh, what are the shower toilet situations like for plus size people? Um, and that is a really good question. So, um, I, when my mom was proposing that I move into a trailer, cause basically there weren't houses for me to rent. So the way for me to live here year round was to rent a lot and to live in a trailer. She had actually already figured this out for me. Cause she knows, she, I mean, you talk about fat phobia around your mom for 20 years and eventually she really picks things up and it surprised me. So she was like, well, I looked at everything that, um, the local dealerships had to offer. And there were really only two options that had, that weren't fat phobic. <laughs> And, um, and she defined that as like not having those fixed booths. Um, uh, my house, if you want to see a tour of it, it's up on my Patreon. Um, that's patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for fat kid dance party. Um, but basically I don't have a fixed booth. I have like a totally open quote, great room, which is just the living room and kitchen. Um, but I have, it came with furniture. It came with a little like, um, a very comfy, fat-friendly recliner love seat, um, and a, like, a, just a table and chairs. And so, and the table has, like, a drop leaf that you can pull out and make it longer. It's a perfect size for a puzzle, which is really all I ever want to do with a table. <laughs> I have my puzzle going now. I'm very happy about it. Um, and yeah, so, like, that helped. So, like, first and foremost, just finding a trailer that didn't have fixed furniture and enabled, uh, me, I mean, or slash previous owner, um, to get furniture that was movable because like those booths, like you can't get a belly into some booths. And so that's, this is what made it like fat friendly, right? Um, the bathroom is a little trickier. I'll say like, just for context, I'm a size 20, 22, um, like a roughly a US like three X or two X depending on the day, uh, and the clothes or whatever, but just giving you an idea. And I fit wonderfully in the shower, but like I, without touching the walls, but I think if I were a little bigger, I would be touching the walls. It does have um, a little movable, um, a removable shower head, so you can get around to the parts and things, um, which I think makes it easier. And I upgraded, um, when we bought this, I asked my mom to just buy uh, the best toilet we could because I really wanted um, a good quality toilet for sitting on. I know that a lot of these places have little plastic toilets and I wanted a porcelain throne. So I got it. It was 300 bucks. Totally. Every penny was worth it. Um, 
And it's the top-of-the-line RV toilet that you can get, apparently. Um, and it's great. It's sturdy, and that feels nice. And there's plenty of room around me. And I have been in some New York City bathrooms where my my hips were touching the walls when I went to the bathroom. Um, and, you know, like, I'm not, like, I'm like, a, I would call myself a medium fat. You know what I mean? So I think that my situation, like my actual place that I live in, um, and I'll also say the bedroom, like you can't really turn around in the bedroom. You can go side to side like a crab walk. Um, it's a very small room, <laughs> but it's good for sound baths. Like I play on my Bluetooth speaker. Any of you who are former Fat Kid Dance Party regulars in LA, you know my little light box speaker. I have that in my bedroom. So I can have a light party um, and I can also like have a full sound bath. It's like such a good small environment to like surround sound. Um, but you can't really turn around in it. But, you know, it, it functionally, it's just a room for sleeping and getting dressed. Um, and my mom's, uh, my mom lives in a tiny house, too, and her bedroom is small. And she actually can't even get dressed in her bedroom. She gets dressed in the bathroom. So that's kind of something you just kind of have to figure out how it's going to work for you. Um, another, uh, I will also say this, too, just something to keep in mind. Um, for getting in and out of a trailer, I have, like, three little steps that I can go down. But, um... I, we got a ramp. Someone gifted us, uh, like a hand-me-down ramp. So like that kind of makes it easier. If stairs are rough for you, you can get a ramp to go outside your trailer if it's a more permanent situation. Um, uh, and maybe even for travel, I don't know if they make travel ramps, but, um, that's been helpful just, you know, for, in terms of how to get in and out of it. Um, another related question is someone was like, how to avoid feeling claustrophobic. Um, I open the door every day. I know that that won't be possible probably in the winter when it's real cold. Um, but I've been doing a lot of just letting wind through and light. And I spend a lot of time outside. Um, my trailer came with, um, a retractable awning. Um, you can't leave it out because the wind uh, will rip it to shreds. Um, I mean the wind even just like moved my little outdoor carpet up and around a bunch of times already today. So the wind is real here. And so, but when I'm outside, I can put the little retractable thing out. Um, and it does give me a little cozy space to be outside. So that helps a lot. Um, but I actually don't feel so claustrophobic inside. It's not, it's, I think if there were two people here and I was bumping into someone, I would have to really love the person I was living with to live in a small space like this in a way where like really new relationship love, <laughs> like, um, but like long-term, I don't know. Um, uh, long-term, maybe everybody gets their own trailer. Uh, so that's kind of, and also like claustrophobic. I'm like a little nervous about the winter and like what that's going to look like, but I'm going to invest in some lighting that makes it, um, brighter in here and a little easier to feel cheerful after dark because I mean, this is, we're in the prime time, uh, summertime, like, uh, we get sunrises at like 5 a.m. And then at the solstice, I think our sunsets were like 9.45 p.m. or something. It was still light at like 10.30. So I haven't had to deal with a lot of darkness. And I think that really kind of brings the claustrophobia. But I also like really love outdoor cheerful lights. And so I'll probably do some cheerful lighting outside to help with that. Um, let's see. How has the experience shaped me so far? And has it shifted anything? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I really realized as soon as I got up here, um, that I living in a city was unnecessary for me for a long time because I felt just as plugged in because of the internet to everything I liked in the world. Um, uh, people I loved in New York. I mean, I haven't lived in New York in five years, but like, I am still very connected to people in New York. Um, and I'm still very connected to stuff going on there. Um, I similar to LA too. And I was just like, wow, I could have been remote for a long time. Uh, when I got up here. So I was actually surprised at how connected I still felt in the ways that were meaningful to me. 
Um, and also it surprises me how much time I really need alone every day. Um, to reset and recenter. Um, I read this success book recently that talked about how leaders need 30 minutes of uninterrupted silence every day. Um, he didn't talk about meditation outside of that, but I would say that's, to me, I take that time in the forest and that's what I call integration and genius time. And that's literally just me synthesizing things, books I'm reading, um, things I'm learning, uh, making connections. Like I feel, I really feel like these, these nature walks in, in the forest for me and like I just wish I had more of a walking practice when I lived in LA. I couldn't believe how much of a difference maker it's been for me, but, um, just taking that time. And I didn't, I used to do it when I lived in Brooklyn without realizing it. Cause I would take my dog Macy for walks every day. And we went to this park near my apartment every day and just watched nature, observed nature, just like I do now. And now I'm just like, so dedicated to the practice. I'll go out in anything but dangerous weather. So like, even if it's raining, I go out in my little raincoat and just enjoy my time in the forest. So that's, so it's really just shaped me in terms of like, I think allowing me to get closer to who I really am. Um, I think a lot of what I was doing early in life was, um, trying to, I don't know. I had a lot of, I didn't understand the difference between the desires of my inner self and the desires of my egoic self. And the egoic self is just like the version of you that wants to please everybody. The version of you that like needs to have status to feel important, needs external validation. Um, and I've really worked hard to become the kind of person that doesn't need that stuff. And so it really surprised me how being in nature and being remote has like really allowed me to just kind of float into who I'm meant to be. I'm also connecting a lot with, um, with my inner child and like desires and creativity and dreams I had as a child that I really, that really got squashed by everyone else's expectations and what I thought other people needed me to be. And so the more I am able to just be here, be me and prioritize what's important to me. Um, and I also prioritize my input. Like I really treat what goes into my mind as, uh, it needs to be sacred and important and nourishing. Um, and so like, you know, I only follow people on the internet who nourish me. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but like, it's really surprising to me, like how much this has helped me become me and like more me and who I'm supposed to be. And I didn't realize how much city life was keeping me from that. And I'm, I'm glad for the years that I lived in the city because I just, there are so many experiences and so much fun stuff I did that like I would never trade and I treasure those memories. But like also this time in my life, I think I'm just able to be even more free. And that has shocked me. Um, let's see. Let's do, 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 do you miss queer community and access to queer art and events? That is a great question. Um, and I don't feel like I'm missing it at all. I feel like, I feel like coronavirus, honestly, this quarantine has brought more access to the queer community than ever before to me right here. And I think part of it is just, I am a queer lady who has been queer for a long time. I'm 41. So I know a lot of queer people. So I talk to a lot of queer people and I'll say this too. Like I started over the winter, um, when I was feeling depressed and I knew talking to my friends helped me feel better. Um, talking to three people every day, making a connection to three people every day. And so I have just been like going through reconnecting with people and talking to people. So I feel like I talk to at least two out of every three people I talk to a day is a queer person, if not more. So I kind of feel like my life got even gayer because I got more intentional about it up here. I, I don't know, like more intentional about connecting my friends anyway. Um, I guess 
here's the thing. I think I also lived a very enriched life up until now where I did a lot of queer community art and events and I was throwing a lot of things. And so I think having that, um, breadth of experience. I don't, I don't miss it, you know, and maybe I will like after I've been out here for a while, but I also live in a queer community (laughs) with a lot of queer people. And so I feel like I get to, um, experience what it's like to have queer queer community events all the time. Like there's a singing group here, which right now we're not meeting because the, um, because things got worse for coronavirus in Washington state. So we decided not to meet anymore for a while. But we were even doing masked singing for a while and like just having people to sing with, like having our own little gay chorus here is so nice. Um, they call it warblers and like you need no um, singing prowess to join. It's just a love for the song. Um, and so like and also I just have to say big ups to the coronavirus and all of the artists who have been so generous with creating queer community art and events like I've gone to um, cannabis queer events. I've gone to um just regular queer art stuff during pride. There were so many cool films that were screening that I got to see that I would not have had access to. Um, even in some of the cities I've lived in, I couldn't get to things like that because of, you know, constraints of time and money. So it's been really cool. Um, in that. So I guess that's a side effect of the coronavirus that's made living tiny and living away, um, much easier. And frankly, I think that this is like something people are shifting to now that we see what's possible to do online. I really feel like more and more creators are going to create online. It won't be like this forever, right? Like, again, I also want to tell you this about the coronavirus. It won't be like this forever. Like eventually something will happen. Eventually we'll be able to gather again. But I also think that now we see what's possible with online that it just brings more access. I think we're going to see more and more uh, stuff shifting online permanently um, in a way that nourishes all of us. Um, Let's see. Uh, I think that's it. Those are all the questions I had. Um, If you, like I said, if you want to see a tour of my RV um, and also the fairy cottage, I'm going to put a link to both of those Patreon posts. You can join my Patreon at any level and get access to those. Um, My Patreon page, uh, Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and it is a membership support site uh, designed for folks like you to support creators like me who make work that benefits their lives or provides value to them. Uh, And there's little different tiers. Um, My flagship tier is 25 bucks a month, and that's Fat Kid Dance Party online home workouts um, on demand. I do a fresh class every week. There are six classes available at a time, a 10 minute, a 20 minute, a 45 minute, and two 55 minute classes and a chair class. So that's seated in a chair. So lots to choose from. And um, also at any level on my Patreon, you can join my Zoom aerobics class at 11 a.m. Pacific on Saturdays. I am having a ball teaching this class. I love it so much. I forgot how much I really loved teaching live because I was just teaching online for, for three months. I had no live classes and then I'm, I just missed it. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until I had it again. And I was like, Oh, I miss seeing people. I miss connecting with people. And now I have folks joining from all over North America and Europe. So I'm really excited for, um, uh, just like how that's creating like community and connection and movement from all over. And, um, that every level of my Patreon, even the $2 level, you can join, um, my zoom aerobics class on Saturdays, or you can just buy a ticket. If you just want to buy tickets, 12 bucks. Um, and that's, you can find my Patreon at P A T R E O com slash F K D P. Um, And at the $5 level, there's lots of um, information, including a mini podcast series of self-care tips, self-love tips, uh, 
Reiki healings, meditations, soundscapes from the forest. And then I also, um, you know, I do advice. Like if anybody has questions, I do little advice, answer things. And also, you know, just sometimes when I'm processing through something, I'll share my process. Cause I, a lot of my spiritual leaders do that. And it really helps me hear how they think through challenges. Um, and I'll tell you this, my favorite new thing I've learned for dealing with a challenge is to call it a worthy opponent. Because if you're not dealing with problems, you're not alive. And that's part of being alive. Uh, I think we get sold this idea that like eventually we'll get to a problem-free life. And that's not how it works. So anyway, I hope this helped. I hope that if you're thinking about living tiny, um, you go for it. Just give it a shot. Like you have nothing to lose except some of your stuff, right? Um, and it's been really nourishing to me and really helped me get more in touch with myself. So anyway, I hope wherever you are, you know that you are loved beyond measure. You are worthy no matter what. You are valuable just right now, exactly as you are. You have nothing that you need to change to be valuable, but also you have all the possibilities to bring forth any dream that you have on your heart. I truly believe we're all here for a reason with an individual seed in each one of us that only exists for us, from us, and that we're here to nourish those seeds and bring them to fruition. I love you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk next week.